Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. After an interesting NBA draft lottery, we now know that the Magic have picks 6, 11, and 36 for the June 22nd, 2023 NBA draft. So no Victor Wimbanyama for Orlando. This is where Weltham really go to work because there are a lot of scenarios that can happen. You can trade picks for established players, you can trade up in the draft, you can trade back and accumulate more assets, or they can stay put and use their picks. Uh, With the new CBA promoting building from within the draft even more, it's not absurd to think Jeff and John will bring in more youth by keeping and using their draft picks. This all leads to just a lot of ideas, speculations, and rumors, which we're going to be contributing to right now. Let's go. All right, we are recording this Tuesday, May 23rd, uh, early in the evening. So Denver swept the Lakers and are likely waiting the Heat in the NBA Finals. Miami might sweep Boston tonight. Uh, Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green are in the Finals. An injured Victor Oladipo should be joining them. There's just some Rob Hennigan nostalgia right there. Uh, people are freaking out about the Finals not starting until June 1st. Uh, so... You know, people are just like, what are we going to do? I'll just go watch Succession and Barry on HBO, catch up before their series and series finales this coming weekend. Um, You know, this coming weekend, we got big time soccer matches. There's Formula One at Monaco going on. It's going to be fine. Everybody just enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, should this Celtic series also in this week. But um, I don't know. You got any advice for folks that are freaking out about no basketball for over a week? I enjoy the buildup of them trying to sell Denver and Miami as opposed to LA and Boston too. Can we just, can I just say how, how awful ESPN is at the moment, just covering, not the moment. I mean, it's been, it's been an issue for years now with them covering the the league because it was really bad last night after the game. Like usually I don't care about watching sports center if Scott Van Pelt's not there. Um, Cause I think he was doing the PGA championship. So he had another night off, I think, but like, it's just really bad. Like they're just so focused on LeBron and the Lakers and it's, it's just really freaking bad. And I feel bad a little bit for Denver, but I mean, Hey, I mean, they've, they've been playing like the whole underdog card through much of the playoffs. Now they won't be able to do that with this heat series. That's going to likely happen. But um, yeah, I, it, the way I watch ESPN and sports center is so much more different from how I used to watch it growing up. Like it used to literally be a staple. Um, I don't know if you got any comments or if I should just move on. I Randy Scott and Gary Streisky in the morning. Otherwise, don't bother. That's how I feel about Sports Center con- consuming it these days. Fair enough. Um, all right. So uh, one magic item before we get to the draft lottery and and just the real meat and potatoes of this pod. So the magic. I think last pod we mentioned. Hey, it applied for two hundred fifty million dollars in tourist tax dollars for arena upgrades. That's because we're applying for the twenty twenty seven All Star Weekend. Um, 
as decent as hosting 2012 was, we were shortchanged because it was a lockout year. Um, you know, we've hosted the All-Star Weekend twice, 2012, uh, yeah, 2012 and uh, 1992. 1992 was the famous Magic Johnson uh, All-Star Weekend. Um, but they need to break ground on this entertainment complex this summer across the street from both the Amway Center and the training uh, athletic facility. Like, I, I don't know when this this is bid supposed to happen uh or supposed to officially be submitted but like they need a break ground this summer and alex martins has moved the date on this for probably like 25 times in the past decade as far as this entertainment complex goes but i think they actually have to do it I have to actually break ground on this if this is actually going to happen so uh any thoughts on all-star weekend stuff i mean i feel like we deserve it like it's you know yeah we we deserve it yeah, we had a stunted uh, kind of half-acid thrown together one last time uh, and a crappy slam dunk champion too that year. Yeah. Still uh, a fun weekend, but yeah, crappy dunk contest. Um, Honestly, but the convention center and then some of the parties downtown were still good, but um, yeah, we, we need more. There's not a ton of new buildings being built like in specifically in cold weather cities where they're guaranteed to get one. So it's about right 15 years later to cycle through back to Orlando. It seems fair at this point, not like we're uh, butting the line to take a turn before somebody else. All right. Draft lottery. So the draft uh, lottery watch party was at Wall Street. That was fun. Uh, good job by a six man show and the magic. I would guess there were at least 400 people there. I was hap- just happy that we got the Bulls pick at 11. Um, Odds-wise, you know, it was the most likely outcome. It was like s- just over 77% chance that that Bulls pick was going to convey at 11. Like the Bulls literally had an 8.5% chance that they would keep the pick. So, I mean, it was, it was you know, it, it was just an, it was good relief, but statistically, like it, it should happen, and it did. Um, the cool you know, thing was yep. that we were standing next to uh... – somebody that probably either imbibed a little bit too much on the $4 Michelob Ultras or didn't have a great handle on how draft lotteries work. But he thought you were like uh, a wizard Obstradamus <laughs> in being able to predict at least 11 through uh, uh, or 14 through seven as to who would be in the envelope. So that was fun. Yeah. Odds wise, it was more likely we would end up at one, two, three, four, seven, or eight than staying put at six. But we stayed put at six and it was fine. Um, you joked that the other guy that was standing directly in front of us who didn't need to d- stand directly in front of us uh, was the reason why we didn't jump up from six to one. But I honestly think the guy that thought I was like doing black magic with the lottery, then pushing me, I think I would actually blame him from, from a Parmas perspective. But um, no, like I said it before, I, I genuinely felt in my bones, we were going to end up with one and 11 it didn't happen. People can blame me if y'all want. Um, I did say, though, on I think it might have been last episode or the episode before that, I said that it'd either be us at one or the Spurs, and it ended up being the Spurs. Um, I highly, highly, highly doubt they're going to trade the pick, so I'm glad that Wembenyama is going to stay in the West. Um, Popovich, man, I love him. He's going to get a, a third go now at, at coaching up a, a an all-time great center, potentially. He had, you know, he had David Robinson. He's had Tim Duncan. Now he's got Victor Wimbanyama. And um, yeah, it, it could have turned out worse for us, but that that worked out, I think, okay. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the small market treatment's going to be like. But 
yeah, it's it's not a bad way to go. Um, as far as that winning four ball combination went, the Wizards had six of the last eleven balls for that fourth number combo. Uh, that they that they could have so six of the last eleven balls they had for that last ball that would have gotten them the number one pick, and it's just a brutal bad beat for them. Um, the Magic had one of those balls. Uh, which is why poor Joel Glass was just looking very hopeful when you go on YouTube and watch the drawing footage. Um, he he thought he he did it again, like he thought he <laughs> he did it like with Paolo, and I don't blame him. I would have too if I was in his situation. But um, yeah, any thoughts on the Spurs ending up with Wimbenyama or or any any of that stuff that I mentioned? Yeah, I mean, I, to your point again, probably better that he ended up out west. I didn't think it'd be the worst thing in the world if it was Charlotte just trusting uh the history there um but i think we're in a good place as a team i think the draft lottery uh shook out about right uh also nice to see uh vindictively that houston did not get a top three pick yeah both uh we'll talk about them too when we get into looking over free agents and trades and stuff like that um we won't have anything with Houston, but uh, Houston dropped two spots from, uh, what was it, two to four, and then Detroit fell from one to five, which was the worst possible outcome for them. And Crushing for Ben Wallace, too. Yeah, he looked like he wanted to fight somebody. Like, he was going to actually maybe deck the Ernst and Young guy. Like, he, he did <laughs> not look too happy with that. Um Last bit about the draft party. Like, the Magic and Michael Bolcher were handing out some nice gear on the Orange Avenue uh end of wall street uh, i got an awesome bottle opener and then, have you uh, opened a bottle yet with it not yet but that's because okay. i i don't tend to drink much beer at home yeah. uh, i don't tend to drink much at home ever honestly like i've got some alcohol here but it's really i'm a social drinker and i do my socializing outside so um and then i ended up winning the trivia contest for a 100 yeah. fanatics gift card so that was pleasant um shout out to the guy who should have won it that didn't go up and claim it so and then i was next to get it so um thank you so thanks to the six man show folks for helping me get my new uh blue penny hardaway throwback um i already have the black and now i've got the blue and it looks good uh you know i i, I question fanatics as a as far as quality and i guess quantity of merch goes at times but uh this penny throwback because mitchell and ness made it uh is pretty good so um, and they delivered quick. You had it right away. Yeah, it was like next day delivery, uh, which was pleasant, which was nice. So it, it came in quick. Um, Are we going to start blacklisting you from other uh, like Orlando Magic trivia competitions in that you win everything everywhere you go? Uh, we're going to find out June 22nd because tickets are <laughs> available for the June 22nd draft party at Amway Center. Uh, it's free as always. It's general admission. I think the door is open at 630 local time. The draft starts at eight, so we won't pick till like nine o'clock, basically. But uh, well, not that late. It'll be like eight forty or something, probably. But um, bring your fast fingers, or don't show up at all, because <laughs> Papa Giorgio is going to get another Jonathan Isaac jersey that night. Um, yeah, I mean that's the biggest incentive for me to just end up doing uh, trivia or end up going to the draft party is to try and win trivia because, um, yeah, it's. I still have that Isaac jersey. I may or may not put it up on the Facebook marketplace for it to get sold. I'm waiting for him to get back and actually play uh, longer than 11 games. But um, 
Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it, it's one of those ORLs. The, the nice, the, it's the nice white with the orange pinstripe jersey. It's like the better version of those pinstripes uh, of those orange jerseys. So, um, yeah, it. You know, for the for the Magic Watch Party uh, for the draft on June twenty second, you all you need to do is just reserve tickets on the Magic Team app or website. It's free, but you got to do it. I already got our tickets, Penny, so we're good. But. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good time, and I expect a decent, a good amount of people, maybe even more than the Palo one last year. I don't know, uh, because we're pretty decent, and we got two picks at the moment, and uh, a lot can happen. So, all right, Magic post lottery draft picks. So the Magic, I already said, stay at six. Um, they get the Bulls pick at eleven. We will have the thirty-six pick as well. So that's a pretty good second round pick to have at thirty-six. Um, our last two. Six pick selections were Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba. So not a great history there. Uh, at 11, it's a mixed bag. We've drafted Nick Anderson in 1989, our first pick ever. He's played the most Magic games in franchise history, and he's one of our best mag- you know, players in Magic history. Um, Brian Vasquez, 2005, arguably our worst lottery pick ever because he uh, he never played in the U.S., let alone for the Magic. Uh, but he was a Hall of Fame uh, Spanish in EuroLeague. Uh, you know, he, he had just a Hall of Fame Spanish in EuroLeague career, honestly. And it would have actually been interesting had for him to come over to see if he how he would have partnered with Dwight because that would have been uh, fascinating. Um, I think it would have actually came in handy in that Lakers 09 final when they were throwing out both Powell and uh, Powell Gasol and uh, Andrew Bynum. I think actually Fran would have been nice to have, but anyway. Um, and then we had JJ Redick in 2006. Took him a few years, but that ended up being a great pick. Um, I mean, honestly, the Clippers and, and, and Sixers benefited more from Redick than we did, but you know, from 08 to 2012, like he gave us some really good years there. And then DeMontis Sabonis in 2016, I still maintain we didn't need to include the pick in the Oladipo trade for Ibaka. It obviously didn't work out for us on a wide variety of levels, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Any thoughts on history, be it happy or depressing? Uh, there, Yeah, there's a fair bit of de- depressing there. Um, six picks specifically. I 11, I don't think you can ask for much more than Nick Anderson. So if- no we're allowed to duplicate that that'd be uh, a pretty good run okay penny let's what are our definitive needs here in this offseason um my list includes better three-point shooting at the top of the list not just attempts but just actual shooting percentages as well uh a potentially a starting shooting guard better than jalen suggs um i would say a shot blocking big off the bench we need to be a better rebounding team, uh, whether that includes bring you know adding somebody or just internal improvement. Just rebounding's got to get more a little bit more consistent. I along with the shot blocking bid, big you could potentially be looking for then a much bigger body than just Wendell Carter Jr., who is listed at six ten. He's probably closer to six nine, and Wendell's re- a really good center for us. But I mean, against like big behemoths like. You know, MB, that can be a problem, a challenge, especially when Wendell of last season, he had a really good season, I thought, but he just the plantar fasciitis really just hurt him often in some, in a lot of these games. Um, but he he toughed it out. He fought through it and he still had a really good season. And then just the last thing I have on my list is veteran talent. We're the second or third youngest team in the league, I believe, just adding another vet or two uh, 
from a needs perspective. I mean, the big thing I think is three-point shooting, uh, maybe a better shooting guard or just shooting guard depth, depending on what happens with Gary Harris, but then also just the shot blocking big. Uh, what do you think, Penny? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, basically in agreement with you in terms of three-point shooting. I would just say shooting flat out across the board. Um, and then in terms of a big man, uh, definitely uh, a, a rim running big and a rim rolling lob threat is somebody that we don't have on the roster right now. Um, and at least if you add somebody like that in a backup role, you feel a lot better about, you know, Wendell being the starting center and at least having that versatility behind him for, you know, if he misses time as he's want to do, but also just to mix it up against some of the bigger, more, more bruising centers that we have in the league too to cover. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, I gave you the list. So roster wise, these are the players who barring a trade, we'll see return in magic jerseys, Paolo Franz, Wendell, Fultz, I know he's only got two million of that seventeen million guaranteed, but he's our floor general. He's not going anywhere, I don't think. Um, then I have Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, Gary Harris. None of his thirteen million dollars is guaranteed if we waive him by June thirtieth. He's our only veteran in the rotation. I don't see us waving him. At worst, he's available trade chip. We need him as a backup shooting guard or small forward. Um, Jonathan Isaac, I don't see him being waived this offseason. We have until January, and we'll know a lot more about his health and durability then uh, with over kind of a half a year to work with. You know, he's set to make $17 million. We have through, you know, through I think the first week or two of January before we can waive him, where then only about $7 million of that $17 million is actually guaranteed. But he's a he's a big trade ship for us. He's our biggest contract still on the on the roster, uh, pre uh, annually annually, and you know that's the biggest reason why he's still on the team now. He should be healthy now, and he should be doing basketball activities now. So as long as we don't hear any any bad news about any injury setbacks, you know we're going to get a pretty good idea in the fall of uh, where we're at with Isaac. Um, Bobo, none of his $2.2 million is guaranteed. If he's waived by June 30th, he's on a cheap contract. He's good for depth. I think he stays. He's improving. Like this season was basically his his rookie season. And I I just I don't think you can you should get rid of him. Um now, should he be in the rotation right now? No, but he can improve and you know, he's good to have if injuries uh show up. Caleb Houston, uh, and then Chumo KK, uh, even though, look, he's probably our primary trade asset as far as he's the least likely on the team right now that has uh, a contract that he where he would not be on this team and come the fall. Like he's got $5.2 million in his final uh, upcoming season left on his deal. I just don't see a spot for him in the rotation. But Penny, those are the guys I have that right now are barring a trader coming back but i don't know do you think somebody's getting waived do you think uh yeah i mean at this point just waving wise or you can just affirm if you think a guy's getting traded like chuma yeah i mean i i wouldn't be surprised totally if bull bull got waived depending on how this draft shakes out specifically if we're keeping two or somehow even three which i doubt we do but uh wouldn't be surprised to see bull bull go um Chuma is interesting to me. I think he'll be gone, but 
who necessarily is in a position to take a flyer on him and actually run him out there? Like, I don't think it's going to be a Detroit like RJ Hampton. We look across the league at the uh, bottom dwellers in that they're right below us. Um, like, I don't think San Antonio takes a flyer on Chuma. So I don't know what the market is there necessarily, other than just like, you know, money or, or making uh, a trade work money wise. Yeah, for some reason, Chuma gets waived be it by us or if we trade him and then that team waves him. Like, I'd like to see him in Europe um, just to kind of build just some physical consistency. Because, I mean, there's there's just guys that they have the talent, but their bodies can't can't hold up for an 82 NBA season, NBA game season plus preseason and playoffs. You know, like Savayon is like my biggest example of this. And then, you know, I mean, with Chuma, like he's got the talent. He just can't. Well, now he can't even break the rotation now, but he just he couldn't build up the consistency on both ends, and then injuries have have plagued him. And I just think he needs just a new a new situation, um, especially with the talent that we have now at his position. Um, it, yeah. It's it's tough for him. So, so yeah, that's eleven guys I think will be under contract going into free agency. So that's about one hundred three million dollars right there. Um, Salary cap, it's going to be about 134 million uh, for the 2023-2024 season. Luxury tax is 162 million. We'll see about draft day trades or if we surprise wave someone, um, but that leaves four roster spots open, not counting the three two-way contract spots that we have. Um, you know, 134 million minus 103 million is about 31 million to play with. Remember though. Um, and I'm not factoring in cap holds or any of that complicated stuff, but you've still got to pay for these draft picks if you keep them. So the sixth pick is set to make about $6 million in the coming season. The 11th pick is set to make around $4 million. So if you keep both picks, you're down to about $20, $21 million now with two spots left theoretically. And, you know, here's who I feel is up for debate or our free agents from a magic perspective. I mean, the big one, really, it's it's Moritz Wagner. Moritz is a free agent. He's 26. He had his ups and downs depending on, on injuries, really. You know, he missed the first 18 games in a lot of the offseason. It's hard to find a rhythm like that. Um, you know, Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba, other Ma- Jalen Suggs all can attest to this as magic players in the past. Like it's, you need to get into being a rhythm going into a season and being injured. That just, that just hurts you so bad. Um, I think Mo will and should get offered five, about around $5 million per season to stay as a third string big, um, which would put us at around, let's say 15 mil or whatever to play with. But I, you know, I wouldn't worry about the cap. Like we'll go over the cap, but stay below the luxury tax. Um, right. We need most shithousery. And good. also it helps that, you know, he's Franz's brother, but like, he's good. Like I, you know, I can't wait to see him and Franz, hopefully both uh, remain healthy and play fully together in the FIBA world cup in August. Like we were robbed of that at Europe with Eurobasket last year with Mo's angle, ankle injury, but Mo's good, man. And if he's playing, in FIBA ball, um, you know, in the, in the Philippines, like he, yeah, I mean, it's, he can build momentum based off of this. I mean, this is how he played really well, uh, not necessarily this season, but the season before, because he had such a great, uh, Olympics with Germany. So he could build momentum based off that. Um, I don't know what, what are your mo? Well, let me talk Goga real quick. So Goga Bataze, he'll be 24 in July. 
there's no guarantee on his $2 million. Like he showed some rebounding and blocking promise, like decent passing for a big man. I think we're, we're going to waive him. He has a lingering temper issue that I don't trust long-term. I do view Mo as the more valuable big between the two. Um, I just think we, we have to do better than Gogo and Moritz as a rim protecting rim running center. And, you know, yeah. I think Mo will stay. Gogo won't. Like we upped Goga's value. Like he'll find another NBA gig elsewhere. Like I, I'd be surprised if if he didn't. And you know, I, I wish good luck to him. I don't know. You agree? Disagree with with my he, viewpoint? No, I do. He to me ended up playing way more than I thought he would the back half of the season. So I feel like it worked out nicely for he he picked right and we picked right for uh, you know mutual needs to get through the end of the last uh, of last year. But my question to you on Mo Wagner is. What what is the, what is the organizational value on him being Franz's brother, and what is his comfort level hometown discount value to stay to play with Franz? And you know, ultimately, you could we, ultimately you could say we saved his NBA career. Yeah, uh, you know, in picking him up. So that there's there's a little alignment there as well. Um, I think you keep him to be the third string center. I think that in that third th- third uh, string center role, he's bringing more to the table, you know, as a practice guy, as a locker room guy, obviously as a brother than, uh, than Goga uh, would and, you know, would next year. So I think that's the right call there. But what do you think that financial uh, kind of intangible impact is in terms of him being a Wagner? I mean, it's elevated, obviously. I mean, look, it's he does a lot of really good things. And I know there were some inconsistencies with him at times. Part of that was because of injuries. Like he, you know, he he picked up injuries early on in the season that again hurt him this entire season. And people need to not forget about that. Um yeah, I don't know. Any added thoughts on your point with that? I just, I just think it's interesting. It's going to come down to to money a little bit, right? Like what he is willing to. You think he's going to get more than five elsewhere? Potentially, I mean, it might not even be that high. Honestly, I don't know. Right? Yeah. I mean, look, there's teams out there like there's a deal to be made there between the Magic and him, and I think we both agree that it'll get done. Yeah, I, I just, I don't want it to creep up to like seven with him like I, I there's 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 a limit with him and i think five six tops is as far as i would go um and look he might be he, he he's gonna not like being a third string center but he's who you know he i think he'd be offered good minutes elsewhere on worse teams um you know i don't know if like you know i don't know maybe the lakers would want him back again or something who knows but um yeah it's I value Mo a lot for what he brings to the table. And I just, I have a, a specific money amount that that's in my head and I just would not go above five or six with him. And I think, I think we can get it done there, but we're going to find out. So a um, few guys here, here left on the list. So uh, Michael Carter Williams, he has three mil, a $3 million team option. I believe that I can see us exercising it. He's, He's a good veteran depth guy. Like he he was on the team when we made the playoffs a couple of years ago. Like I I think he's actually going to stay. Um why bring him in late in the season? 
barely play him and then not bring him back for the coming season. Like it's kind of almost like the bowl bowl thing last year where I was like the only one that was like, I think we're bringing bowl bowl back and no one believed it. And I think with Michael Carter Williams, I think he's going to be back. Um, because otherwise it's like, are we being charitable with player salaries? Like we did with Admiral Schofield. Like, I, I don't think so. Like, I think Michael is going to stay if the roster spot is there and the way I've got to figure out, there's going to be that 15th roster spot for him. Um, and He's then not I'll... bringing anything of value uh, on the floor. I don't think there's anything of value. So I still view him as the third point guard, even though, like, yeah. if, say, if Fultz or Cole got hurt, then you'd have guys like Franz or Suggs, even or Paolo handling the ball more. But like, I, he's the third point guard. Like, you need veteran guys, and if, yeah. you, especially if you don't have Gary Harris, like, you, he's literally the only guy that's a veteran that you would have. Yeah. There's there's a role there to be filled for sure. Um and then on the lower end, like Admiral Schofield, like I can't see us exercising that two million dollar player option. Like we upgraded him from a two-way up to an NBA contract, kind of almost as a favor. Then you have the two current two-way contract guys that we have. You got Kevon Harris. Like I think we keep him on the two-way again. I don't think there's gonna be a roster spot that opens. Um, you know, the coming up of uh, this upcoming season, I think is the last season we can have him on a two way. Um, he might get the Admiral treatment late you know, next year, late next season. We're, we're going to see. And then Jay scrub, like he should be back as a two way guy, like with the new CBA teams get three, two way contracts now. So we're going to see who that third guy is going to be, but, um, yeah. Any thoughts on those guys? You think Schofield's I, back or, or? I agree with you. I, I don't think we'll see Schofield again. I also agree on Kevon coming back in a two-way role again. I don't see Scrub coming back. Um, and the other thing here to watch is that pick, you know, that early second round pick possibly staying on as a two-way player. Yeah, I don't there's they still haven't ironed out all the final details. So I don't even know if you can do that. I think you can because I mean you make more pit money as a second round pick than you would, I guess, as a two-way guy. I, I don't know how that works, but yeah, I think you're right. I, I could see us if we keep 36, which I don't think we're gonna keep 36. I think we're selling it for cash again. Um right. but yeah, you're right. That is an option. So all right, let's talk picks now. Any interest in trading up to number two or number three for uh, Scoot or Brandon Miller? I'm a no. I'm riding out with Markel Fultz at point guard. Markel is my starting point guard until injury worries arise again because he keeps getting better and better shooting and elsewhere. And he's just turning 25 now, and he's perfect as a, as our floor general. Scoot's height concerns me. Yes, he's super strong. Um, kids chiseled, but 6'1", 6'2", guys struggle in this tall and lengthy league for a reason, especially when you're getting deep in the postseason. Ask Jalen Brunson a bit there. But um plus it would require more than six and eleven, I think, to move up. And I don't think it's worth it. Um Brandon Miller, I'm just I'm not touching, period. Like I don't yeah. think this franchise is touching Brandon Miller. Uh what are your thoughts on the two? I uh not for Brandon Miller in the same boat there. The scoot thing is interesting because that would mean if we're making a move up, that would mean Charlotte took Brandon Miller at two and then you're dealing with Portland, which that could go a million different directions this yeah. summer during the draft. So I wouldn't shut the door totally on a scoot move, but I'm not, I'm not making the call, right? Like I would answer the call, but I wouldn't make the call. Fair enough. 
All right. Um, I've got a list of guys here for who we could go with at six and 11, uh, assuming we pick the, we keep the picks, I guess. But the first guy top my list because we're both UCF guys is we got Taylor Hendricks. I got Taylor Hendricks up here. Um, he can shoot and block shots. Like can't, you know, he can be a backup center or power forward out of the gate. Like everything seems to point to him being kind of a great option for us, but Every time I watched him and you agreed with me the last time we were together, but every time I watched him, like he, he didn't wow me. Like he, it's the weirdest thing because I've seen the highlight reels, interviews, workouts, like everything looked good there. But just whenever I actually watched him live, like I just, I didn't see it. And, but we're going to see, like he may not even be available at six, the way his stock is rising. But I like Taylor Hendricks as a guy, as an option at number six. How about you? I, I want to, and the UCF connection is fun. Uh, I think only one UCF player has ever played for the Magic, and that was Mark Jones in yeah, the awful the most generic name ever. Season. Um, I don't see it there. Look, I, I don't ever any year pretend to be a draft expert or a scouting expert. Uh, my refrain every year is that I will definitely watch more college basketball, and then I try to, and then my eyes bleed. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see it there specifically for us, not to say he won't have a great career, but I, I, I don't quite see it there with Orlando. Okay. The next name. Well, and here's the other, I have this theory that Weltham don't like, uh, drafting local guys, um, from high school, you know, guys who went to high school in the area or college guy, you know, guys who went to college in the area. Like I have this theory that Weltham don't care for local guys, maybe because they're worried about distractions or what, but. Um, that's the big reason why I don't think they're going to end up drafting Hendricks, but we're going to find out. All right. Next guy on my list is Cam Whitmore. He reminds me of a smaller Anthony Edwards. Um, yes, his Villanova team was horrible, but he had a finger injury that hurt him early on. Like he missed like, I think camps and, or those games early on. And he also might not be available when six comes up. Um, I like him. Uh, it's, you know, the, the shooting consistency is kind of a worry with him, but, um, yeah, it's, I, I, I wouldn't, would you agree that depending on what, if the magic keep both picks six and 11, that if they get like, if they go a big with Hendricks at six, then you got to go for like a shooting guard or something or a, 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 a wing at 11 and vice versa. Like if they go for a guy like a wing on and Whitmore no. and Whitmore at six, that 11, maybe you're looking at a big. I, I, I don't, and I could be in the minority here. Yeah. Uh, I accumulate as much talent as you can, the highest upside yeah. talent, whatever, whoever you identify and then just let it ride and figure it out and and then, you know, figure out positional uh, fit down the line. That That's my take. All right. Um, I'm going to just take one of each. I, I mean, I'm thinking one of each because yeah. this draft has is deep enough where you can actually do that. Um, like it, I, I have no doubt that the, the magic already have their eyes focused on a couple guys specifically, but um yeah, it's I, I'm thinking that, and I know people, you technically shouldn't be doing that, but this draft this draft has enough talent and it's deep enough where you can kind of get a little nitpicky like that. So, um, all right, I'm gonna keep going here. Feel free to jump in if you have comments on some of these guys. Jordan Hawkins, he led UConn to the national championship. The man can shoot, three and D guy. Can't really dribble though. Passing needs improvement, but he's explosive. Like he's 
39% from three. I believe he went was 17 points per game on 52% three-point shooting in the tourney. Like he's he's really good off the ball, but you have to run stuff off the ball for him, kind of like you did with guys like Reddick or whatever. But he's got winning on his side. Um, you know, on the in the women's game, like you got LSU's Angel Reese, who he is cousins with. If you want just some clutch genealogy tracking there. Um Hawkins is kind of my ideal pick candidate at 11 if we go for a bigger guy at six, but you know, Hawkins, I like Hawkins at 11 too. I, I, yeah. to me, you're a little Jody Meeks ish, but, but better defensively. Oh, I think he's, he's more mobile too. And he's, be, he's just, I think he can do a little bit more than Jody Meeks, but he's 21. He's got great experience. He's over six, four barefoot. Like it's, he's very tough and he shows tenacity for being a guy that's 186 pounds. Like he's pretty, He's pretty lean. If you build him up just a little bit, like it, it's going to be all for the better, but he's this, this guy's got good ball off ball movement for sure. And he can shoot and he can defend. And if the magic are okay with him, not being the greatest dribbler or passer in the world, uh, I mean, passing can be better, but a dribbler, then he's a good candidate at 11. Um, Derek lively. If we get a wing with six, I think lively is in play at 11, even though most folks have him just outside of the lottery. I don't think he went to the combine, so there's no combine measurements, but he's a legit seven footer. I think he's seven one, but supposedly has a seven foot seven wingspan, which is huge. He was at the top of the 2022 uh, high school class. So he's, he's a blue chipper, but his lack of offense kind of scares folks. And that's why his stocks has dropped, but you know, he's a Duke guy. So is Wendell Carter jr. And Paolo Bencaro, who will both know a lot about him because of that. Um, lively, didn't show much of a shooting ability at Duke, though his touch isn't bad. He's going to be just like a rim runner early on. Um, he loves blocking shots and rebounding. He's got good timing, anticipation, and instincts. There's a little bit of Tyson Chandler there when I see him. If the Magic don't plan on signing a veteran center, I can see Lively being picked. Um, all right, Grady Dick, best shooter in the lottery by far. Most Magic fans want him for his name alone. Um, definitely not I'm definitely not considering him at six, only at 11. His athleticism doesn't impress me. Like he's six, six barefoot. Almost, he does have almost a six, nine wingspan. So not bad there, but his lack of just burst movement doesn't scream lottery prospect to me. I'm not impressed. You know, he's, he's not very impressive laterally movement wise as well. Like I also question his photo shoot choices. Like he's got some, there's some weird pictures circulating around there. Um, I'm a no with Grady Dick, but maybe I'll see more. I'd prefer others at 11. Any dick thoughts? Uh, a lot of dick thoughts. <laughs> yeah. um, I, To me, like, if if you want to draft him, you make the trade for Luke Kennard at the end of the season last year. Yeah. Uh, I, think there's a, I think there's a home for him in Utah in a month, probably. Yeah, I feel like he's going to be either in Utah or OKC or Indiana. Like, those three, it, it's a lock. Like, if I could put, like, a parlay, if I could put a bet on that, like, I'd do it. But anyway... All right, let's talk Thompson Twins. Uh, Amin and Asar, uh, if I'm saying them right. But I I get that the t- that the Twins are very, very athletic, like really athletic. Like I know they played games outside of their med league, like, but the overtime elite highlights don't move me. Also, neither can really shoot, and they're already 20 years old. And I I'm I just don't care for the Twins, and we would have to trade up most likely to get him. Maybe Osar falls to six. I'm not interested. What uh, any tw- any twin thoughts? Uh, by all accounts, they seem like good kids, which yeah. is cool. About to get paid and enter the league. Um, 
my my thought is this and it just goes back to generally like if that's who you know weltham has pegged as highest upside and you know cash the chips in on this guy like i'll live with it um but i again it wouldn't be my decision from afar Jarris Walker, who's six, six and a half barefoot. So, um, that's a no for me. And why I'll give Hendricks, who's two inches taller, the nod over Walker. Um, Keontae George, he's working with Paolo Bencaro a lot this offseason. That's because he's a Mike Miller client. Didn't measure at the combine. I don't think he went. Um, wasn't the most efficient college player. Kind of a mad Baylor year, like 15 points per game, but 34% shooting from three. He should be a good shooter long-term, even in workouts. Like his first step isn't that quick based off of my, you know, what I see. Not knowing his measurements has me staying away. Uh, Anthony Black, you probably have to take him at six. He's a six foot seven ball handler. I'm not interested. Let the Wizards take him at eight. He can defend, but I need a dude who can shoot. And I just also don't care for his hairstyle. Um <laughs> Uh, great yeah. hair. I, I'm not moved by him either. The interesting thing to me, despite the measurables, is I have uh, Jairus Walker over uh, Taylor Hendricks, I think, in terms of uh, how their careers will play out as of today. Okay, I don't. So we're finally disagreeing on stuff. Um, Kobe Bufkin, Michigan sophomore. We like Michigan Duke guys a lot now, apparently. Kobe Bufkin, 14 points per game, 35% shooting from three, six foot four barefoot, almost a six eight wingspan. Just too many offensive questions for me. I'm I'm passing on him as a guy at 11. Bryce Sensabaugh, Orlando kid, thick, thick wing at Ohio State. Didn't get measured at the combine. Supposedly he's six six, but he's he's very he's a big body. He can shoot. I don't like his body type for our team. I'm going to pass. You can say I'm body shaming, whatever. Just I, I, I'm i going to pass. How do you uh, feel about his hair? It's fine. No, no. Okay. Right. <laughs> on Wallace, uh, great defender in Kentucky, six foot, two and a half barefoot, but he's got a six, eight and a half wingspan, though. Um, that's why people compare him to Drew Holiday. He's got long arms, but... 12 points per game, 35% shooting from three. He can play both guard spots, kind of like Jalen Suggs did at Gonzaga. He's okay offensively. And do we need a Suggs clone? I would say no. Also, he had back issues in, at Kentucky. I'm staying away at 11. Um, Derek Whitehead or Derek Whitehead, I, I only mentioned him because he's a Duke guy and a blue chip high school recruit, but injuries ruined his freshman season. Like Weltham, they like blue chippers though. So you have to think he's a possibility, but He's maybe a guy you look at if you're trading back from 11, but I'm I'm a no. Um, I feel like maybe the front office learned their lesson after the Chuma pick. Um, all right. I'm big on this guy. Uh, Bobby or Bobby Clintman, uh, 20 years old, Wake Forest freshman. He's from Malmo, Sweden. He's an under 20 Sweden international. Uh, Bobby did not get measured at the combine because he was supposedly promised by a team already in the draft. So that kind of got my magic antenna senses tingling there. But because um, the magic, they gave Franz Wagner a promise uh, before last season's draft or before uh, the draft two years ago. So um, Bobby is supposedly a six foot a six, is at six foot ten with a seven foot wingspan. He's a big body, you know, the 5.3 points per game, 4.5 rebounds per game, 0.6 blocks per game won't wow you due to limited minutes, especially early on in the season. But as he played more, he racked up double digit rebound games. 36.8% three point shooting on 2.3 attempts is 
fascinating and very good. He can handle the ball. Like he's running pick and rolls in, in a lot of this film. He's not quick because of his size, but there's a smoothness to him. He can pull up on threes. He can lead a fast break, like the kick and pass. Um, Good hustle, active defender, can block shots. He didn't just specialize in basketball. He played soccer. He was involved in wrestling, swimming, field hockey, handball. This is a well-hand pick. Um, if you view him as a power forward or a small ball center and he can fill out a little bit, like you, I can see him in a Magic jersey. Um, and then the last two I got right here are Jet Howard and Marcus Sasser. I'm immediately ruling them both out because of their names. I'm still traumatized from Jawan and Gerald. Uh, any thoughts on any of the guys I just ran down? Uh, yeah, we can't afford another Sasser in a Magic uniform. Um, I, okay, so if we stay put at six and eleven, I think we're either we're we're. Mm, I think right now, if we stay put at six and eleven, I think we're going for Cam Whitmore and uh, and and Bobby Clintman. That's that's my thought. Um, but if Whitmore is gone, then I would do Hendricks and Hawkins, and I think whatever you know again whatever's done at six it's going to dictate more of a need at 11 but you know you disagree on that but those are the draft guys that jump out at me now i might change my mind in a few weeks as we get more info on guys and and whatnot but that's where i'm at thoughts on draft before we get Uh, into looking at the teams yeah if i had to say right now i'd say thompson twin and hawkins at six and eleven could do worse i guess uh we're, we're gonna see um we're going to see because we're going to work out a lot of dudes in that nice training facility. So we're going to yep. see. But all right, let's look at the 29 other teams for roster ideas. Um, you're going to notice that there are not many free agency options. I think we're looking more at trades to bring in veteran talent. Um, keep in mind, our team is super young. I think, again, we're second or third lowest, the uh, youngest age in the league. Um, also, I'm not including Paolo, Franz, or Fultz in any of these. It's maddening seeing casuals include Paolo and Franz and garbage trade tweets. Um, not interested. So, all right, let's start in the East Atlanta. I have zero interest in Trey young, none. There's a big difference between a disgruntled star and a star doing the disgruntling. This magic team has great chemistry who you get rid of and who you bring in could drastically change all of that, both good or bad. I like John Collins, but he couldn't start for us. So it'd be pointless to go that route. I don't care about trading with a division rival unless I'm really, really sure a player can succeed more with us than their current situation. Atlanta thoughts. Uh, Agreed. Nobody there that makes sense to make a move. All right. Boston. The Celtics are about to crash and burn out of the playoffs at the hands of Miami. Um, It's just brutal to watch because fuck Miami, but Missoula is just getting just train wrecked by, by Spolstra. Um, Denver's literally going to be our only hope of denying Miami a title at this point. But um, going after Grant Williams doesn't make much sense for us in my mind. Um, The Jalen Brown dream I thought died when he made all NBA. And once we didn't move up to two or three in the lottery, like I thought we just didn't have a chance, but Boston, because Boston can pay him more than anyone in the summer's extension talks. Like I think the number is five years, 295 million, which averages out to like 59 million. Tatum is going to be over 300 million, so over 60 million per season. However, Celtics fans are really unhappy and impatient. And having over 110 million per season in two years, wrapped up in two guys that have faltered in recent years, has them looking for change. And Jalen Brown, not a good dribbler. That hand issue has contributed to higher turnovers in this postseason. 
but that's okay. I don't need him to be on the ball for the magic. If Paolo Franz and Fultz kind of control closing ball handling duties. So Brown, he's been pretty mad at the Celtics organization for how he's been treated the last year or two with trade rumors and such. So let's say Brown wants out from Boston so badly that he'd pass up extra money that only the Celtics can offer, which seems feasible. He can get five years, I believe 250 million outside of Boston. So that's still about 50 million uh, per averaged out. Um, and I think 45 million, I guess, total less than staying in Boston. And we know Florida tax advantages over Massachusetts uh, kind of decreases that gap. So Brown is 26. He makes 30 million in his final year next season. I'd give him the max, though. Penny, would you give him the max? Uh, obviously, yeah, for okay, sure. Okay, because I'm telling you, from a Boston max perspective, there's they're thinking no. So from from our perspective, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you were also not hesitating. I would offer Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Isaac, Gary Harris, 6'11", 36, the 2025 Denver pick, and another future Magic first for Brown and Danilo Gallinari to make the money work. Um, but Danilo can't be traded officially until June 30th, but you can announce it, I guess, at the draft and, and wait the week to make it official. But um, Boston can take all of that and just try to retool around Tatum um, because they could be viewing that they've maxed things out. Um Celtics will say no, I think, though, due to just not enough veteran talent uh, that we'd offer them. But um, also the problems that exist in Boston socially also exist in Florida. Would Brown want to be in the state and or would he want to be on a team owned by the DeVos family? We, we don't know. This was kind of the same problem that I brought up last year that had me questioning if Donovan Mitchell would have uh, allowed a magic trade last summer, which... In hindsight, we should have done, but um, well, maybe not for that many picks. But uh, Brown, Boston thoughts uh, beyond that? Uh, yes to wanting him, no to having the assets to acquire him. I would kick the tires though on straight up uh, Danilo Gallinari. I don't think that'd be a terrible fit here. <laughs> I think he's like thirty-five, and he's he's got no legs left, man. He's he he's yep. gotten every bit of out of that body that he can. All right, Brooklyn. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, look, similar thing as Brown, 6-11, and 11, won't get it done. Like we know from the trade deadline that the Nets turned down four first for Bridges. Patty Mills intrigues me as a third point guard veteran. Uh, that'd be pretty great. Like he'll be 35. He's got one year left at $6.8 million, but it's not worth giving up a pick, nor would they take on Chuma. Uh, anybody for Brooklyn on your end? Nah, nobody else. All right, Charlotte. Um, I think Philip Rossman Reich brought up uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. as a free agent signing. I'm a big no thank you. I'd rather give Caleb Houston or Bull Bull the minutes. Um, I have no interest in Gordon Hayward's injury background or Terry Rozier's inconsistency. The Hornets are a mess. I'm not sure how Steve Clifford's going to figure it out. MJ is literally trying to sell the team. Um, yes, they have the second pick, but they either draft Scoot, which may piss LaMelo Ball off, or... Brandon Miller, who could do with a much more stable NBA culture than Charlotte. Um, or they trade down and piss their fans off. So have fun with that. Anybody on Charlotte for you? Can you imagine how hard it would be to root for the Magic if Gordon Hayward was on the team? <sighs> that would be rough. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, that, God, we better not do that. All right, Chicago, are they tanking? They're going to have their 2024 pick next year. Um they could lose Vooch uh, in the offseason. DeRozan could bail. Uh, Lonzo Ball may be broken. Zach Levine is the most injured 28-year-old all-star who isn't worth his contract because of health. Let's have the Vooch talk, Penny. Uh, 
<laughs> the March 2021 trade with the Bulls is complete. Vooch and Aminu went out. Uh, they got us Otto Porter's expiring contract. Wendell, who has been an awesome value starting center, and who we got him on such a good contract that he fired his agent. Um, Franz, who is a stud, and now this 11th pick that's coming on June 22nd. Vooch turns 33 in October. He's a free agent now. He just made $22 million this season. He still has his Orlando home. He's literally in Orlando now doing off-season work. We know one day he'd love to come back to the Magic. I just think it's two or three years too soon. He's too good to not be on a title contender now. Like He needs to go give Kevin Durant or even like Luka Doncic a call. Um, I would love to have Vooch back. You know, I've, I'm like his biggest fan. We, we need his efficiency passing and rebounding. You know, Wendell is amazing. He's awesome, but we need a guy who can start the 20, 25 games or so that, that Wendell would miss. Um, Mo and Goga can't do it. Uh, Vooch definitely can. He's a vet. He's still a great three point shooter. You know, even in down Chicago years, like he's still shooting like 35% from deep because Billy Donovan is a fucking idiot and can't coach big men. <laughs> Uh, Vooch more than anyone knows what winning means to this franchise because he dealt with the roller coaster for almost a decade. I just don't think Walt Ham want to pay so much for a backup big that doesn't protect the rim. Um, unless Vooch is comfy making $15 million per season or less, I just, I don't see it. Um, Chicago Vooch thoughts. The crazy thing is that both of us agree that the team needs an athletic, uh, like lob threat center. And both of us would be more than happy to bring Vooch back in a backup center role, which does not fit the mold at all. Um, That's what ta- drafting things, Taylor Hendricks is for. <laughs> right. A couple things need to happen. One, he needs to take a pay cut. Two, there needs to be a conversation with Wendell about uh, confidence and role. And yeah. then three, he needs to pretty much be okay with uh you know using his voice maybe third or fourth in line behind paulo franz and hell maybe even cole uh you know he's coming back to a different team than he left if all those boxes are checked then it'd be a great reunion and it's possible i mean vooch he's you know like every nba player has an ego he he's very low on the ego scale and um yeah i think uh i think it's possible all right cleveland Still wish we had Donovan Mitchell, but you know Cleveland gave up more picks to Utah than I would have been comfortable doing it from a Magic perspective. Um, it's interesting because the Cavs are a little stuck if they don't get internal improvement from Mobley and others. Bickerstaff's on the hot seat. They may have to trade up or trade uh, Jared Allen to free up responsibility for Mobley and just try and improve the roster that way in some way. I like Jared Allen, but I don't want to pay him twenty million dollars to back up Wendell. He can't shoot or pass the way Carter can either. Um, Robin Lopez is a free agent. I don't think we'll, he'll be back here, although he was an awesome veteran for us last year. Um, anybody from Cleveland? I, I'd love to have Dean Wade on the roster. I'm just fucking with you. Detroit, they got screwed in the lottery. Again, they went down from first to fifth, just a brutal fall. They went from Wembenyama to maybe Whitmore or Thompson twin. They... They have a center conundrum between uh, Wiseman, Jalen Duran, and even uh, Isaiah Stewart, who is on the outside looking in, I would guess. I think Detroit likes Wiseman. He played well those last 24 games for them. He makes $12 million in the final year of his contract next season. I doubt they'd offer him or Duran to to us for cheap. Uh, so I got nobody for the Pistons. You? Some Somebody's going to get wedged out there. It'll be interesting to see who and when and where, but I don't think there's a landing spot here. 
Pacers. I still see some Magic fans wanting Buddy Heald. He's 30. Indy probably want to trade him now. Next season, he makes $19 million in his final contract year. Buddy is very durable. Like He'd be starting at shooting guard if you get him. 42.63% shooting last season. Like He fills a shooting need. I would think about Isaac and the 11th pick for Buddy. That way, Indy can take 7-11 and try and move up to 4 or 5, maybe. Um, I don't think Weltham would offer up Isaac yet. They're they're waiting on one more injury with him. Gary, Chuma, and 11 for Buddy doesn't work salary-wise, but it would work if they did the trade in July. I wouldn't bring in Buddy, but I can see our team being interested. Penny, Pacers thoughts? Yeah, same. same. I it's I know he came in older, but it's crazy that he's 30 already. Um, I, close, but not quite the right al- alignment to to fit there, I don't think. Um, Miami. Miami <laughs> can go fuck off. Uh, we're not bailing you out of your Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson contracts. And I know Robinson's been pretty good in this postseason. I'm not interested. Heat thoughts, Benny. Uh, I wouldn't shut the door on, on Duncan Rob- Robinson, but... Not uh, doing it. Okay. Nope. All right. Milwaukee. Uh, I don't have a trade for Milwaukee. I'd love to sign Ingles as a vet. Um, he's a free agent, but I think he's going to and probably should stay in Milwaukee or find just another title contender. Uh, Brooke Lopez. This has some steam. Um, free agent after just making $13.9 million this season. He's 35. He already has his Bucks ring. It's still in the middle of one hell of a defensive renaissance. Two and a half blocks per game. He still rebounds okay. Like he's, it's, he has a good idea of how our team is already because of his brother, Rolo. Um, he has his Disney World home that I'm sure he'd love more access to. Uh, if he wants a ring now, he'll find a contender for less money. But if he wants to still get paid, like I think about like two years, you know, two years around 35 or three years, 54 or something like that. Would he have to start? That comes down to egos. But, He's the vet rim protector, 37, three point percent shooter. You would want who can, who you can justify potentially bending, uh, benching one Dell for, um, this is tough though, but, uh, I don't know. Uh, what's your, uh, what's your thoughts on Milwaukee or, or Brooke Lopez? Yeah. I don't see a fit there trade wise. I, we, we disagree on Brooke Lopez. I don't think there's any world where he's not, uh, looking for another big payday on a winning team in a starting role. Um, so I'm going to say we'll cancel out Milwaukee. Okay. Knicks, do you think there's an Obi Toppin case, Benny? Um, I like Obi Toppin. Uh, I don't know if I like him here, but he's, he's about to get ushered out the door too. Yeah. Tibbs, uh, favors, uh, 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 was it, uh, Mitchell Robinson and then, uh, Isaiah Hardenstein. So, um, I'm not an Obi guy. He's already 25. He's just an okay shooter. Not much of a defender. Maybe I trade Chuma in 36 for Obi. No more. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Philly Harden seems to be heading to Houston. Doc Rivers got fired from Philly after spending three years there. Um, Daryl Morey, I think is more to blame for that franchise's mess than doc. Doc as a Mosley lead assistant would be interesting or even just a team advisor um, as he's getting TNT TV money that that would interest me. Um, I don't know. Doc thoughts, Penny. (laughs) Uh, I I don't see a reunion happening there. Uh, Maybe we'll see him on a golf course or something, but um, let's talk Embiid. He just won MVP. He's 29, two time scoring champ yet. Philly fans believe the process is over. They've soured after a decade 
that they'll never win a title with Joel, that he's too lazy, has too many bad habits, and can't get over the hump. Just like with Fultz, I think Embiid and Orlando would be for the better. I see a lot of similarities still between him and Hakeem, just not even just game-wise, but also career path-wise. And it took Olajuwon over a decade to win titles. Um, It's a massive contract the next four years for Embiid, 47, then 50, then 54, and then finally $58 million player option in 26-27. But he's at $33.6 million until the new season begins in July. I don't think Embiid would want us. He'd rather be with Lillard, Beal, or in like a New York market, something like that. I would do Isaac, Wendell, Suggs, 6-11, and the 2025 Denver pick would be my offer for Embiid. And I don't see more being interested because then it's a, a rebuild for them. Penny? Yeah, well, it's hard to do, but you'd have to do it for anything that's not Franz and Paolo. Uh, and just suck it up and take the injury history and make it happen. Yeah. Um, all right, Toronto. I still have no interest in Van Vliet. Um, all right, Penny, who says no with this trade offer? Gary Harris and number six to Toronto for OG Ananobi. Well, I, oh, I think we we do. Uh, we say no, both. really? Yeah. Well, I'd probably both say no. So this is assuming one of two things. I don't know besides an extension and that's a notable if because he's probably going to want more money than than Jordan Poole and Tyler Hero. Um, or you need a handshake agreement for next summer's free agency that he'll resign. I'm not willing to do both six and 11 picks for Ananobi, only one pick. We take on risk in trying to resign OG. We can always just sign OG in free agency next summer without giving up any assets. So um and it seems like he's pretty unhappy there. Like Toronto can take six in their 13th pick and move up a spot or two for a Thompson brother or Whitmore. They can wave Chuma and trade Gary to a contender for more assets. Um, you know, I don't care that clutch is a, a representative of OG, but um, he's a lights out two way wing, like 39, three point percentage on average last four years. He's grown into an 83% free throw shooter. He typically attempts six threes. So volume can just grow even more like he's not happy that his role diminished this season in Toronto behind Siakam Van Vliet and Barnes Hurdle and Trent Jr. even took more touches away from him OG turns 26 in July on paper if you're growing Paolo and Franz to be your number one and number two options like OG can be your number three um and that's just a formidable starting five of Wendell Paolo Franz Ananobi and Fultz like OG as a six seven shooting guard with a seven two wingspan is is huge, and I know he played small forward for Toronto, but he's mobile enough to play shooting guard. I know he has a ring, but he was injured that entire twenty nineteen playoffs. But he still has that experience of being on that t- title team. Um, the Raptors should and might blow it up, but we're gonna know with their next coaching hire, um, and or if we hear that Van Vliet is gone. But um, any Yanunobi thoughts? I, if there's a way to conceivably get him, you got to do it. And I know Van Vliet, not a big Gary Trent guy either. Well, with Gary Trent, he's 24, will likely turn down his $18 million player option at free agency, average 17 points per game on about 37, 38, three point shooting, um, 85% from the free throw line. Like he's good. I just don't want to give him 20 plus million dollars when Suggs might be a better start than him on both ends. Um, you know, Cole Suggs as your magic bench backport, that, that, that's pretty good. Um, all right, let's do the Cole talk now. Are you giving Cole an extension this summer? 
No, let him go out and get an offer and then figure it out, I think, is the way I would handle it. Um, I Yeah, I, I want him to play it out. Like He needs to do it again for a second year, like see Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Jordan Poole as reasons why you need kind of multiple consecutive years of proving you can bring consistency to your role. I'm willing to pay a higher premium later for being sure Cole can and wants to be a six-man, but the man's got leadership qualities that uh, that are tough to turn away. All right. Wizards. I have no interest in Bradley Beal. He's on an awful contract. He turns 30 in June. There's injury worries, and it's not proven that Beal elevates teams. So I stay away. I like Daniel Gafford as a backup rim protecting center. I just don't see the Wizards giving him up to us. And then I think 11th is just too much to give up for him. Um, Wizards thoughts. Uh, Agreed on all accounts. And we're not so sure that Bradley Beal even cares about like trying anymore are we yeah no i mean he i mean he's got that he's still got the no trade clause so he's been comfortable in dc so um yeah i yeah that's where i'm at with that so um all right on to the west dallas stay far the fuck away from kyrie irving um i i yeah zero free agency interest with him Luca, he could demand a trade, uh, for a trade in six months. Kid has been a disaster coaching hire, as that's not surprising to me. They're a front office mess. They've let Luca develop bad habits, but they're still correctable. He loves Jamal Mosley. Like they they tanked out of the plane to keep the tenth pick, which they did. Um, they're wasting Luca right now. I'm it, it I am I'm not helping Dallas because Luca's relationship with Mosley makes it possible for us to get him within a year. Um, I don't know. Any Dallas thoughts? I, I don't see Luca happening and there's nobody else there that I think we make a move for trade-wise this summer. All right, Denver. I've got nothing for them. They they might win the title. Um, they're probably the favorites to win the title right now. Bruce Brown is going to be a free agent. He's listed at six foot four. He'll be 27 in August. I'm not willing to overpay him. I'm looking for a definitive upgrade over starting Suggs or drafting a shooting guard at six. And I don't think it's Brown. We get their 2025 first uh, round pick, but they've still overwhelmingly won the Aaron Gordon trade. Like we quit on RJ Hampton. All that remains is Gary Harris, who we may waive or trade this off season. I love Gary. He's our only playing veteran on the team. There are contenders that could use him right now. He turns 29 in September. He's in his prime and he's healthy for the most part. Like I don't blame Gary if he may not accept being the backup to Suggs. Gary thoughts or Denver thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think, there's an opportunity for Gary to go out and find a different or role that suits him better. Don't see anything Denver wise that makes sense. Wish they win this year and then have a down year before we get their pick. Probably won't happen. Well, definitely won't happen. Golden state. This gets interesting. I, I want golden state to make Stephen clay lifers. Bob Myers might bail from their front office. Um, I would say they should let Draymond Green walk. He's no longer worth the trouble, but I guess we're going to find out. The Jordan Poole question always lingers. So last year, Jordan Poole, 30 minutes per game. He started 51 to 76 games, 18.5 points per game, 45% shoot from the field, 36 three-point percent shooting on seven and a half attempts. He led the league at 92.5% free throw shooting. This season... Post Draymond Green punch. Uh, again, 30 minutes per game. Started 43 of 82 games, 20.4 points per game. So about a two point bump up. 43% shooting from the field, a little down. 
33.6 three-point percentage shooting. That's not good. 80% free throw shooting. That's a little bit lower for him. Assists went up from four to 4.5 per game, but turnovers also went up from two and a half to 3.1. He was often unplayable in this postseason. He wasn't that great in the title year last year either at times. Um, he's Jordan Clarkson streaky in my eyes. Like he's got a six foot, he's six foot four, he's six foot seven wingspan, about to turn 24. He got his extension in October that kicks in next season. 28 million, 31, 33, and then 35.2 million in 26, 27. Twitter was putting trades together, trying to dump pool on the magic, but they were including one Dylan faults and I'm not trading either uh, for pool, let alone both together. I'm not a fan of pool. Um, not a big fan of his personality, not a huge fan of his game. Like obviously Draymond green probably isn't either or else he wouldn't have punched him. But um, I'd rather start Suggs with his rookie money. Uh, Poole is such a defensive liability and streaky shooter that you just can't start him in big time games. Um, he's great for the regular season, but he won't lead you on a deep playoff run. Poole thoughts, Benny? Uh, yeah, we're glad that there was no chance of us giving him that type of money. Uh, the interesting thing is them moving like a Kaminga or a Moody and some contracts like in a Drew Holiday swap, which has been bandied about and would be good for them, but. There's nothing there magic-wise uh, in terms of return that I think is plug-and-play for us. Do you think Wiggins is available if the Warriors want to bring Bre back J uh, Draymond Green? I think they have to keep Wiggins. I, okay. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's available. And I and I think Poole is is the is the odd man guy out i guess at the moment but they're in a money crunch with the new cba coming in um gary harris would be amazing for the warriors just like otto porter was a year ago but um and also i'm, I'm really big on moses moody and, and kaminga still i just don't see a trade getting it done without taking on pool so that's a pass for me houston pass that franchise is a shit show from ownership down Udoka and Harden can hit the strip clubs together you saw how excited Wimbenyama was when houston fell from a projected second uh, down to fourth in the lottery like he he didn't have that large of a reaction until the Spurs came up at number one like that's how much Victor didn't want to be in Houston um, and that Rockets franchise doesn't deserve anything until they internally gut everything and Steven Silas had no chance there anything with Houston Benny uh, no Clippers they probably should blow it up and then rebuild going into their new building doesn't look like they will but uh, any Paul George or Kawhi Leonard interest Penny you can't touch it and we don't have the package for it. I don't think. Yeah, I'm with you. They're 33 and 32. They're each making $45.6 million uh, next season before they have player options at 24, 25. Not worth it. Um, Norm Powell and Robert Covington. Covington, he's the older of the two, 32 years old, 6'7, 72 wingspan. He brings shooting as a backup forward. Um, 48 games played for the Clippers this season. So he had some injury stuff, 16.2 minutes per game, six points per game, uh, 44 and a half percent shooting, which is down from his 50% shooting last year, 39.7% from three down from last year's 45%, but still very good. Um, 2.8, three point attempts per game this season, 4.7 attempts from three last season. Defending is declining, but still respectable. Like he has one more year at 11.6 million. Like I don't want to throw 11 at him and I don't think they'd do a deal without it. I'm, I'm more interested in Norm Powell. Norm is six foot three. He's 30 can play shooting guard and small forward 
the career 38.6, uh, three point percent shooting, um, average 4.8 attempts the last two seasons in LA, 17 points per game this season for Norm in 60 games played. Eight of those he started. He can score. He's not a defensive liability. He can start or do it off the bench. Like he's contributing either way. So if he battles Suggs and Jalen wins, it should be okay if Powell's coming off the bench. Durability is a concern with him. You know, similarly with Gary, Norm's got three years left on his deal, 18, 19, and $20.4 million. If we stick with Suggs starting, then having Norman Gary as your backup shooting guard and small forward sounds pretty decent to me. Um, and the Clippers need young talent. Um, ideally, you're looking at like a three-team trade where I'd offer Tuma and 11 for Norm, and I'd give 36 to a third team to make the deal work. Um, we're not giving them Gary or Isaac. And the Magic would then have another vet uh, wing shooter, um, one who came off Toronto's bench in their 2019 title run. Any uh, Covington Powell interest? uh you you've painted a rosier picture for norm powell than i thought where now i'm like <laughs> I, I could consider it to me covington is not who he once was i think it's worse than you think yeah i don't think there's a three and d component there anymore i would not touch him but i i piqued your interest on pal a bit I, for that kind of price that's not bad then it comes down to how you want to allocate your money and and some of your other trade chips to you know fill out the roster accordingly lakers mo bamba's not worked out for the lakers at all uh let's talk austin reeves because magic fans want him you're looking at minimum 20 million dollars per season to prime away from the lakers He's about to be 25 so he's an old nba sophomore six foot five shooting guard six foot six wingspan in 64 games and 22 starts this season, he's at 28.8 minutes per game, 13 points per game, 53% shooting from the field, almost 40% shooting from three. The numbers are almost even better in the playoffs from a percentage perspective. He's good. I like him. But how much of that is playing off of LeBron and AD uh, also? You, yep. You you pay him the max. You hope he chooses to sign the sheet. And then you still probably watch, uh, watch him uh, not end up on the team. But he, you would good. do that. You would really do yeah. that. Yeah, I, wow. it's, it's official in my book. Wow, I, I wouldn't. But um, Reeves, he might play for Germany and with the Wagner brothers this summer, and it, it can't be ruled out. And it's intriguing if that happens. But I'm just not comfortable paying him that much money when I don't know if he'll be even better than Suggs at that point. Like I think we stay away, but. You would give him the money. Wow, that's that's shocking. I wouldn't. Any other Lakers thoughts? I there nobody else nobody else worth talking about there with LeBron retired. So uh any D Dylan Brooks interests? I'm a no. No. Uh so with Memphis, like I I just don't care for Brooks' attitude. Like he you can't talk shit and then avoid it, like own up to it. Let's talk Desmond Bain. Are we sure he's signing an extension to stay with them this summer? Do you think he's signing it? <sighs> That's interesting. I, I feel like you have to sign to lock in the money. Because Morant might get an over 20 game suspension for his shenanigans. Like Adam Silver is royally pissed at Morant and maybe they can survive with Tyus Jones, but I, I doubt they will be a top three seed in the West next season. Um, Steven Adams just mentioned the problems before the Morant stuff blew up and they're in trouble. I mean, Adams, he turns 30 in July. His knee injury was a big reason why they fell apart in the playoffs. Like he's a great enough interior defender that even if he doesn't block a bunch of shots, like he's a defensive upgrade. Also, he's such an offensive asset with a screen assist. Like 
Adams should be okay with backing up Wendell. Bain, he turned 25 in June, six foot five with a six foot four uh, negative wingspan, just like JJ Redick. In his three seasons, he's an elite 42 and a half three point percentage shooter um, at seven attempts per game last season. 20 and a half points per game last, you know, this past season. Like he's what we're looking for. And he's not a defensive liability. If he tells Memphis that I'm not signing an extension with the Moran troubles, that franchise may have to take a step back and get in new assets to retool if they believe that Bain could bail for nothing uh in a year. The cap situation is a little weird at the moment, but I would do Suggs, Gary Harris, six, eleven, and thirty-six, and the Nuggets pick for Bain and Steven Adams. Um, Memphis's shooting guard position is fine. Uh, if this trade happens, obviously Suggs or, or Gary aren't as good as Bain, but it, it's fine. Um, or they can flip Gary for something else. The Magic can then either extend Bain or we have to do the handshake agreement thing for the 2024 free agency. But at that point, you would start Wendell, Paolo, Franz, Bain, Fultz, and your bench would be Adams, Isaac, uh, or Moritz, I guess, at power forward. Houston at small forward, and then a free agent shooting guard, I guess, and then Cole Anthony as the point guard. Um, I don't know. What, what, what are we thinking here? You know, at, at Bain and Adams for Suggs, sure. Gary, 6'11", 36, and the 2025 Nuggets pick. That seems like an awful lot. I don't have a lot of faith in Stephen Adams' body not breaking down, but I, I do agree that Bain is uh, – uh, one of the targets that would be kind of a perfect fit here. I, I don't know how feasible that is. Yeah, I I think Memphis stubbornly doesn't do it. They they try and hold on and try and keep the pieces together. Minnesota, I have no interest in trading for Cat. I like Cat a lot, but he doesn't serve a purpose for us without taking away from Paolo and Franz. And Wendell's contract is just that phenomenal. Like we we have no shot at Anthony Edwards now that we didn't move up in the lottery. I like Jalen McDaniels. I doubt the Wolves would give him up to us for Chuma and 11. Minnesota thoughts. Yeah, agreed there. Don't think Cat's the play. Don't see anything else happening there. Okay, winding down here slowly. Uh, Pelicans, I'm seeing some Valanchunas mentions uh, by some Magic fans. He's 31. Final contract year at 15.4 million. He's a starter, and I wouldn't play him over Wendell, even though he'd help with our rebounding problems. I don't see other legitimate trade options. I don't have any Pelican stuff. You? Uh, Herb would be cool, but there, there's nothing that works for both teams. Yeah, I didn't know. Um, OKC, Lou Dort seems to be available. He's 24, six foot three, making six, uh, making $15 million per season, 34% three point shooter. I'd rather just write it out with Suggs instead. OKC yeah. thoughts. Dort's a badass, but I, I don't think they're going to do anything to break up what they're building. So I don't think they're a player uh, as a trade partner. Okay. Phoenix. Terrence Ross was basically a disaster for them. Uh, I'm still surprised they fired Monty Williams. That Aiden tension just didn't help things. No, I wouldn't take Aiden's $30 million over what we got with Wendell. I'm not interested in CP3. He's pretty close to the end. Suns will retool around Durant and Booker. I don't really have anything for the Suns. Do you? We we talked about it offline. Uh, if the Magic run into point guard injury trouble, I wouldn't be surprised to see a panic Chris Paul move midseason. Yeah, Paul has uh, has enough like unguaranteed money where it's not that terrible. Also, if you bring in Chris Paul, then you maybe have to bring in Dwight Howard. But um, <laughs> um. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Hopefully, 
health is uh, on our side um, this season, this upcoming season. Portland. I love Lillard. He'll be 33 in July. It doesn't make sense for Dame to be here. Like, I want him to stay in Portland. We did not go for Anthony Simons last summer in free agency. Portland, to appease Lillard and make room for Sharp, supposedly have made Simons available now, as well as their number three pick, uh, which they're shopping vigorously after they moved up from five uh, to three in the lottery. So they're they're thinking about the now still. I have this theory that Weltham don't care for having local guys on their team. As I said earlier, like we'll we'll see from a Hayden Hendricks perspective, and I guess we'll see with uh, with a Simons perspective. But Simons, he's got three years left on his deal, making twenty four million dollars next season and rising. Not bad value in my eyes. Six foot three, six foot nine wingspan though. Um, he turns twenty four soon. He's from Longwood. He's an Orlando guy. I think he went to Edgewater High, if I remember right. He's named after Anthony Hardaway, my favorite player of all time. This season, Simons played and started 62 games. Part of that was tanking, why he missed games. 21.1 points per game, almost 45% shooting, 89% free throw shooting, 37.7% three-point shooting on a ridiculously high 9.1 attempts from three. 9.1 three-point attempts per game is, is, is something. Last season, he was more efficient, 40.5 three-point percentage shooting, on 7.8 attempts. He can create his own three, and he's just got absurd Steph Curry-like range almost. And I'm not worried about ego. He can be the third option if you're building up Paolo and Franz. I was interested in Simons last year, and I think the contract is very fair. Like Defensively, though, we would need to coach him up or just learn to cover him up. And, you know, that's that's tough to do at times. But he's really, really great offensively. For Simons, I would do Isaac, Suggs, Chuma, 11, not six, just 11. Um, and then the 2025 Denver first for for Simons. Um, I have a feeling most Magic fans think that's too much, but I think very highly of Simons. Suggs is a Gonzaga kid, so he's fairly close to that area again if this happens. Billups would be a huge fan of Jalen's two-way play. Chuma, I think, strengthens that Portland bench. If they don't want Isaac, they can wave or flip him. Portland can use their third pick, the 11th pick they'd acquire from us in that 2025 Denver pick, plus Isaac and Nurkic's contracts to trade for maybe a Beal, Levine, Jalen Brown, or Paul George, as that's just some great stuff to to offer up for a franchise that wants to, you know, get a sidekick for Lillard. But Penny, what do we think for Simons? My too high? Yeah, I, I'm not as high on him as you. I place a lot more value in the defensive shortcomings than the offensive firepower. Uh Seems like a that's quite a haul to acquire him. Of course, that'd probably be what would be required to acquire him. So uh, I don't see a matchmaking. I don't see a partnership there either. All right. These last three West teams are going to be quick. I don't have anything for Sacramento. For the Spurs, I highly doubt they trade uh, Devin Vassell now that they have Wimbanyama. Pop gets to coach up just another generational big man. Um Utah, it's boring, but again, I have nothing for them either. They've got the ninth pick, so who knows if they'll be trying to trade up or back or whatever, but um, that's it. So, Penny, what do we like out of any of that? Or do you think we keep the picks? Do you think we trade um, any free agent signing preferences? Because Yeah. Yeah. After all of that, we're keeping both of our picks. We're not <laughs> making any trades, and we're bringing Vooch back. So <laughs> all that for that, right? Okay. What do you have? Did you already mention the, your draft preferences? Then at that point, 
Yeah, I, I think that we end up with a this is Thompson twin, you said? Could, yeah, it could change in a month, but I think we end up with a Thompson twin and a Hawkins shooter. Uh and and then I think we still probably end up bringing in backup big and shooting in free agency. I don't know who the free agency shooter is, but I Vooch would be cool, I think. So I'm going to start thinking that way, and it could be the wrong choice. So I've changed my mind. So I was I was going to do this. I was going to say resign Mo, keep Michael Carter Williams. I'm trading. I I would have traded Isaac Suggs, Chuma Levin, and 2025 Denver first for Simons. I'm then drafting Taylor Hendricks at six. I'm then throwing a front loaded three year, fifty four million dollar deal at Vooch or Brooke Lopez, whomever of the two is most realistic. So then at that point, the starters would be Wendell, Paolo, Franz, Simons, Foltz, and then your main rotation bench is Vooch or Brooke, uh, Hendricks at power forward, Houston or Bowl as the small forward, Gary at shooting guard, and then Cole at point guard. But I changed my mind. Um, <laughs> I'm re-signing Mo, Mo. I'm keeping Michael Carter-Williams. I'm doing the Gary Harrison six to Toronto for OG Ananobi trade. If I can't ex- extend him, we're doing the hush-hush, wink-wink, handshake agreement for next year. Uh, I'm taking Bobby Clintman at 11. We're selling 36 for cash considerations. I'm then throwing a front-loaded three-year, $54 million deal at Vooch or Brooke Lopez. Again, whichever of the two is most realistic. I then have a magic depth chart then of at center, it's Wendell, and then backup is either Vooch or Brooke. Moe is the third guy, power forward. I put Paolo, Clintman, Chuma, small forward. I've got Franz, Isaac, and Bull. Shooting guard, I have Ananobi, Suggs, Caleb Houston. I'm making him a big shooting guard. Point guard, Fultz, Cole, Michael Carter-Williams. And then you have your three two-way guys. And then let's go make a top six seed. Yeah, uh, In some capacity, OG would be a perfect outcome from today to the starting point of the season. So that'd be uh, that'd be a pretty tight roster, I think. It's interesting because... Jeff has such a great uh, relationship with Masai because they've worked together. And um, I I can definitely see that trade happening. I just, I have no idea what the hell the Raptors are going to want to do, but we're going to know sooner or later. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? I, that was a lot to digest. It was Uh, a lot. We we went quick. Take notes and report back, but excited about the draft. It's fun when we have some capital here and, At least there's possibilities and options available to us still. All right. That'll do it for this episode. If you're still listening, we thank you very much for your time. We went really quick today on things. Uh, If you listen at two and a half or two or one and a half times speed, you probably won't be able to to pull that off today with this, with this episode, but subscriptions, high ratings, positive comments, all help this podcast ranking immensely. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. No C's, just S's, and I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, take care. Let's go magic.